Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. I've rehearsed this before. I found it a fascinating testimony. Uh, a, a period of time in our life in ministry, we were blessed to be able to do or to preach in a couple of uh, camp meetings or seminars with Dr. Oral Roberts. And one particular meeting, uh, he had just come through some pretty uh, difficult financial situations. Uh, he, he, he told us some of the testimony then to the church we were preaching. is told some of the testimony himself. He woke up at night. He could feel a, a demonic presence. It attacked him physically. Threw him, threw him against, uh, threw him uh, out of his bedroom, uh, into his, into his bathroom. Threw him so hard against the wall that it destroyed the toilet. It broke the toilet in, in all kinds of pieces. Uh, he ended up in the hospital in a coma. Now, when he came out of his coma, his wife Evelyn was sitting beside the bed. He told her, he said, automatically, he said, these things came out of my spirit, man. He said, my, my natural man was not really yet into conscience, but out of my spirit, man, came this. He said, the first thing he said was this, grab the Bible and read Psalms 91 over me. Grab the Bible and read Psalms 91 over me. She said, he said, she grabbed the Bible and she began to read Psalms 91. Then he said this, he said, go to our bank account, get all the money we have and give it. And he named a, a ministry uh, to send the money to. So she went and got all of their money out of their bank account and, and sent it to a particular ministry. Now, later on in testifying after God gave him the miracle that he needed to come out of that physical situation, he said that laying there flat on his back, there was no other act of faith that he could perform but giving. He said, I wasn't buying a miracle. I wasn't buying a healing. I wasn't I wouldn't having anything like that happening. He says, but what I knew is I knew the only thing I could do laying flat on my back was to give. So I gave and God gave me a miracle. Now, he had such an anointing in his right hand that he was in surgery one time and they cut an artery and he was bleeding out and the doctor shook him and said, wake up, Dr. Roberts, lay your hand on yourself, you're dying. And he woke up and he laid his hand on that particular artery and it was healed just like that. Amen. Well, you know, God gives people gifts and anointings like that, but they still have to operate and function by the word of God. So, you know, sometimes you think, well, you know, this money thing, I really don't like this money thing. I don't like the, you know, uh, the giving, the tithing, the offering, preachers talking about money, churches talking about money. But you've got to understand there are over 2,000 scriptures in the Word of God connected directly to money and finances. Now, the reason that is is because it is such an important part of human existence. Can I get a better Amen. I mean, you work all day, 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a day. You're giving of your time and you're being compensated for your time with money, with dollars. And what you're literally doing, now listen, I know this is not a popular thing to say, but what you're doing, you're selling your life. You're selling your life to UTMB. You're selling your life to the city of Galveston. You're selling your life to Texas A&M. You're selling your life to, uh, to, to Amico or whatever plant you work at. You're selling, you're selling your time. What is your time? Your time is your life. And they're giving you back compensation for that. That's why money is so strong. That's what it represents. Well, on the same side of the page, when you give of your money, what are you giving? You're giving of that life of that time that you've been compensated for. You're giving a piece of your life is what you're doing. 
That's why God puts so much in the Word of God about that because He wants to give what back to you? He wants to give life back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen? Praise God. I thought that helped you, so I just shared it with you. Mark chapter 11. Let's wind up a little bit. We've been teaching on these principles of faith. A lot of what we've taught on on confession, we've kind of gotten on the negative side, what not to say, how not to talk, what not to do, which is always good. It's good to learn what not to do. Amen? But now let's learn how to operate in this principle. The primary way that faith is released is through confession. That is what is demanded of you even for salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt believe in the heart, confess with thy mouth that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth, but with the mouth confession is made unto. Listen to that again. Confession is made unto. Now where a lot of people get off into the ditch with confession is their confession is mostly made up of their desire. When actually your confession needs to be made up of who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ. Instead of going around all day long saying, I'm going to get a Cadillac or a Lexus or a Rolex, you ought to be saying, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new for me. Amen. Now, it's not wrong to confess for finances. It's not wrong to confess for those other things. But it's only right to do it in line with the Word of God. So today or tonight, let's look at application of the Word of faith through confession. Now, here in, here in, here in Mark 11, a very unusual thing happened or took place. Look in verse 12. It says, And on the morrow, Mark 11, verse 12, On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it and found nothing on it, uh, when he came to it, he found nothing on it, for the time of the figs was not yet. Now notice this. And Jesus answered and said unto it. You ought to circle that word it. Jesus answered and said unto it. What is the it? It's the fig tree that had no fruit. Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So he said it out loud. Amen. So he said it out loud. So if the disciples could hear it, the fig tree could hear it. Let me say that again. If the disciples could hear it, the fig tree could hear it. Now, go down to verse 20. It says, In the morning... As they passed by, this is Jesus and his disciples, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembereth, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God. Now, in reality, the true translation, we know the New Testament written in Greek, the true translation, if you'll study other translations, is this. Have the God kind of faith. One translation even says like this. Learn to operate in faith the way God does. Now, he spoke to the fig tree, and the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, one of the ways to understand that is this. When he spoke to the fig tree, what began to happen did not begin to happen in the seen realm. What began to happen began to happen in the unseen realm. The same thing is true of your confession. When you have a confession that's of the faith of God that is in your heart, 
When you begin to speak that word, you may not see any evidence of that word being spoken in the seen realm, but if you will stay with it, you will see that that situation will begin to be taken care of from the unseen realm to the seen realm. Not from the seen realm to the unseen realm, but from the unseen realm to the seen realm. Are you with me? So have the God kind of faith or operate in faith the way God does. Now notice what he says in verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, everybody say say. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and, shall, and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, everybody say saith, which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now that's in red letters in my Bible. How many got red letters in your Bible? Jesus is saying that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in their heart, but believeth those things which they saith shall come to pass, whosoever is going to have whatsoever they say. That's the principle. See, a lot of people say, well, I can just take that scripture and win the lottery. No, you can't. No, you can't. Because you can never believe in your heart you're going to win the lottery. You may try to believe in your head. But there's no scripture in the word of God that will convince you of the reality of you being able to do something against the will of God. You say, what do you mean to do something against the will of God? God doesn't need gambling to provide money for you. Amen. Amen. So you must understand it's the Word of God. We studied this way back in the beginning of this. It's the Word of God that convinces the heart. Your own word, human words, intellectual words, theological words, religious words cannot convince the heart of the human being. But God's words can convince the heart of the human being of, an, of a reality that is not yet experienced. A reality that is not yet seen. A reality that is not yet contacted with physical senses. And when you begin to speak that reality out of your heart, you begin to release that reality into the unseen realm. Now, that is why your words are so important. Your words are the only thing that you possess that touch both the natural and the spirit realm. Your thoughts do not touch the spirit realm. Your actions do not touch the spirit realm. But your words touch both the natural and the spirit realm. That's why when you pray to God, God hears you. He hears your what? He hears your words. That's why a moment of silent prayer never got anybody nothing. Let's just have a moment of silent prayer. We might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder where you are. I mean, a moment of silent prayer ain't going to work for nobody. No, you got to get some words coming out of your mouth. Now, this is also speaking about what? Well, he uses the term mountain. Everybody say mountain. Well, what is a mountain? A mountain could be an obstacle. Could be a situation. Could be a circumstance. That mountain could have a name, like cancer. Uh, like high blood pressure, like diabetes. It could have a name like debt, like lack. It could have a name that, 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 uh, like turmoil or confusion in a marriage or in a business. There could be a name to that mountain. And the Bible says to do what? The Bible says to speak to your mountain. 
Now, see, what we always do is we try to go to God and pray to God about our mountain. I like what one preacher, he said it like this. He said, don't go to God and talk to God about how big your mountain is. He said, go to your mountain and talk to your mountain about how big your God is. Because all God's going to do is say, you're the, one that's gonna, you're the one that needs to remove it. You're the one that needs to speak to it. You're the one that needs to operate in faith. I've given you the word. I've given you the principles. Get busy. So what is your it? What is your it? What is the it in your life that needs to get out of the way? Is it debt? Is it sickness? Is it disease? Is it an addiction? Is it a mental problem? What is the it of your life that needs to be spoken to and faith needs to be released? Now, whatever it may be, if you have a problem with your, with your physical body, speak to it. You say, what do you mean? If somebody diagnoses you and looks you in the eye and says, you have, you have, you have, you need to speak to what they say you have. You say, what do I need to tell it? You need to tell it, be removed and be cast into the sea. Be removed and go to some inhabitable place of this earth. Get out of my body and go somewhere else. Speak to your heart. Speak to your liver. Speak to your intestines. Speak to your lungs. Speak to your stomach. Speak to your brain. Speak to your eyes. Speak to your ears. Let your body hear faith-filled words come out of your heart on a continual basis. You say, oh, you know, you just, you, the older you get, the worse you get. The, you know, people, you know why that works? Because that's what we've said. But you look at Moses. Moses, the Bible says at age 120, he had the strength of his youth. Caleb said at age 80, give me my mountain. I have the strength of my youth. Listen, we've got to learn to begin to speak. Speak to flu. Speak to the cold. Speak to allergies. How are allergies built? Allergies are built up many times by somebody saying it. You receiving the physical manifestation. Them saying it. Rehearsing it back to you. Then they declare the season is upon us. Oh, here we are in July. You better get ready. Just a couple more months. Six to eight weeks. That first cold front is going to come out of Canada. The seasons are going to be changed. The allergens are going to get in the air. And your allergy is going to rise up. You're going to be stopped up. You're going to be sick. You're going to be coughing. You're going to be choking. What you need to do is you need to speak to the it of the allergy. And say, no, 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 allergy. The Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. Jesus took that allergy. He died with it upon the cross so that he might destroy its ability to dominate me. And now I'm going to use his word in my heart through my mouth to remove any effect of the allergy. He said, no, that, 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 that can't work. It can work. Quit saying it can't. Because everything you say you can't work, you are using a principle of faith. You are believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that it can't work. And when you believe and confess, it can't work. You know, the, this, this phrase is used all the time. God can do anything. God can do anything. I know, I know uh, uh, an old preacher I used to know. He said, he was in a meeting. He made that, you know, uh, God can do anything. And he was doing it to prove a point. And he said, when he said that, a guy jumped up and started raising his hands. God can do anything. God can do anything. God can do anything. And he said, about the time that guy quit doing it, he says, it, says, it came out of my mouth. He said, I didn't even consciously think to say it. But he said, out of my mouth came these words. If God can do anything, then why can't he make you pay your tithes? 
Well, I'd shut that guy down real quick. In his own hometown, the Bible says he could do no mighty works. You know why he could do no mighty works? Because people were releasing unbelief through what, he said, what they said. Isn't he the son of Joseph and Mary? Don't we know his brothers and his sisters? Aren't they among us? So they devalued his reality. He, they devalued who he was through what they said. And he couldn't open no blind eyes. He couldn't heal no lepers. The Bible says that he healed a few with minor illnesses. is those with very minor irritations. They shut down the miracle working power of God through their doubt and unbelief. So now notice this again. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, notice, three times the emphasis is put on saying. One time the emphasis is put on believing. Let me say that again. Three times the emphasis is put on saying. One time, the emphasis is put on believing. Three times, the emphasis is put on saying. One time, the emphasis is put on believing. You say, what point are you trying to make, preacher? That you need to be saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. If there's a greater emphasis on saying it than there is on believing it, then it must be saying it that helps you to believe it. Because the more your own ears hear your words come out of your mouth, say what God's Word says, the more you're going to believe what God word, God's Word says. That's why it's so important. Now, real quick, real quick. How's my time? i got a few minutes. Go to 1 Samuel. Now, this is before Jesus died on the cross. 1 Samuel 17. Very familiar scripture. We know all about David and Goliath. Everybody say David and Goliath. But I want us to see... I was studying this today. I want us to see two things. I wrote it here. I wrote it, and I've got so many notes on this particular story and, and, and particular portion of Scripture that I'm going to try and make sure I get the right ones for tonight. I wrote them in blue. I got blue and, and black and I don't know what other colors, yellow. So this is the blue, blue notes. So two times, here we go. David's confession before Saul and then David's confession before Goliath. Are you ready? David's confession before Saul. Now we all know the story. Here's Goliath presenting himself before the armies of Israel. His challenge was, send a man that we may fight with him. If it be that that man defeat me, then we and all the servants of the Philistines will serve Saul and all of, his, all of Israel. But if it be that I defeat uh, the man that Israel sends, then Saul and all of his nation shall be servants to the Philistines. So, man, there was a pretty big issue right there. Slavery. Amen. You're good fixing to go into slavery if this thing doesn't work out right. So the Bible says when Saul and the armies saw Goliath, heard his challenge, they were sorely afraid and greatly dismayed. Literally, if you study all that it says about that they were acting upon their fear to the point of terror. Whenever this guy spoke, they'd take off running. Totally afraid. Now, here comes this little shepherd boy. He shows up, the instruction of his father. He leaves Saul's house, goes back. He's taking care of sheep at his father's house. His father sends him to this battle to serve his brothers a little bit of cheese and bread. 
Now he's there and he sees and hears the same thing all of they've been Everybody's been here. Now he sees it and he hears it. Now his reaction is totally different. Now remember this about David. David was a covenant man. David was a man that wrote Psalms. He was the only prophet, priest, and king ever in Israel. And he was a man that literally understood the ability to step over covenant line. He literally enjoyed a relationship with God beyond his covenant. He didn't enjoy the fullness of the covenant that we're in, but he tasted it. He said, how do you know he tasted it? Because he wrote it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord's good. He didn't get the whole meal, but he got a taste. So he understood something about his words. Now listen to what he says. After he had said some things to his brothers, said some things, some people heard him and went and told Saul. Now it says, uh, verse 31, the, when the words, when the words, when the words which were heard, which David spoke, they rehearsed him before Saul, and Saul sent for him. So Saul's saying, what? He said, what? He said, what? He said, what? He said, what? Well, go get that boy. Go get that boy. He said, what? Uh, no, no. So he goes, and they bring David. Now David's standing before the king. Now this is what, and David said to Saul. Everybody say, said. That means somebody's hearing it. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. The first thing he said was what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now th there's a good point right here. You have to speak to your fears. If you do not speak to your fears, your fears will dominate you. You have to say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid, devil. You're not going to scare me with sickness. You're not going to scare me with poverty and lack. You're not going to scare me with depression. You're, gonna, you're not going to scare me on the news. You're not, you're not, I will not be fearful in Jesus' name. I will fear not. Fear, I come against you in the name of Jesus. That's the only way you can fight fear. You cannot fight fear with your thoughts. You cannot buy, fight fear by, you know, getting some meditation tape and, and trying to find enlightenment. That's not going to happen. You've got to rise up in your spirit and you've got to speak to fear. You've got to say, no, fear, I am not going to let you dominate me. I'm not going to let you harm me. Now David says this, let no man's heart fail because of him. He's trying to deal with the fear, the greatly disfaith. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. So right off, he begins to talk, not like anybody else is talking. He's beginning to speak differently. Everybody say differently. You must learn, I've said this for years, you must learn the language of faith and redemption. The language of faith and redemption is a whole brand new language. It is a whole new way of talking. It's not mind over matter or positive words or I'm okay, you're okay. It's not Zig Ziglar. It is the word of God over circumstances. You've got to learn to speak redemption. Speak your redemption. Saul said to David, now listen to Saul. Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Now, right off the bat, we can see Saul is what? Saul's not in the ballpark. Saul's not thinking covenant. Saul's not thinking victory. Saul's not thinking, Saul's thinking, he's looking at the circumstance and saying, ain't no way, ain't no way. I don't care what you say. I don't care you're saying fear not. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't care. Now, now, now look what David does. And David said, everybody say said. David said to Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, smote him and slew him. Now I guarantee you that did not impress Saul. I guarantee you it didn't impress him. 
He's standing there looking at him. He said, I slew him, and I caught, and then, then he goes to the next one. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. But now listen to him. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Why? Because I'm a good shot? Why? Because I'm a better warrior? No. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now here's the hook that got into Saul. David said moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. Now listen to this. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. He didn't say, I hope he will. I think he will. He might. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to hide behind the rocks if I can catch him behind the ear. No, he didn't say none of that. He said, listen, here is how it's going to happen. Faith in your heart will produce words that are sure of action. There's no, well, you know, let, let's just see if it'll work. Let's just give it a try. Let's just, you know, let's just, let's just try. I, I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, try Jesus. I huddled out my window. Won't work. Did you get that? I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, try Jesus. I hollered out the window. Won't work. You can't try faith. You can't try confession. You can't try redemption. You have to do it. You must be a, that means you settle it in the name of Jesus. This is the way I'm going to speak. This is the way I'm going to walk. This is the way I'm going to talk. This is the way I'm going to act. That does not matter what the world says, the flesh, the devil. It does not matter. This is who I am. This is the way God has recreated me in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be unto God that causes me always to triumph in Christ Jesus. You've got to say those things. Now you can hear them and you can hear Pastor Rusty say them and you can mentally assent to them and it won't do you nothing. It's not until you get it in your heart and get it in your mouth. That's the only way it's going to work. Now notice, David said moreover, now here's what gets him. The Lord, Saul, remember the Lord? Remember the Lord? When you got anointed, remember when you prophesied, walked with the prophets, you were given another spirit. Remember all the, remember the Lord? The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me. He will. Some of you have been fighting physical problems, situation. You've been, had hands laid upon you. You still have a diagnosis. You still have a, uh, they're, they're, they're still telling you you need this treat. You, you need to begin to say, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am healed in the name. You need to begin to say that. You need to begin to say that every day. I am healed. My heart is healed. My liver is healed. My lungs are healed. My flesh is healed. You need to begin to say that till the faith rises up in you so you can turn and walk away. Listen, if you think that divine healing is God working through doctors to heal your body, you're wrong. Divine healing is divine healing. Thank God for doctors that can keep you alive till faith, faith takes hold. But there comes a point in which medicine and faith part company. And you make a decision, I am the healed of God, and you turn and you walk away from it. You say, why? That is what divine healing is. We're not belittling doctors. We thank God for UTMB. We thank God for MD Anderson. We thank God for the heart specialist and all that they can do. But there comes a day when faith grows stronger and gets bigger than that, and you make your declaration, and you turn and you walk away. 
Oh, I, I know people don't like to hear that, but I wouldn't preach or teach anything to you that I hadn't done. And I've been right there with the, with the symptoms still in my body, with my body still telling me you're sick as a dog and going to die. And say, so that's it. Mm -mm. Now, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed in Jesus' name and turned and walked away. I don't know who that's for. Somebody needs to hear it. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the, he will, he will, he will deliver me out of the hand of the, now notice, and Saul said unto David, go. Now wait a second, Saul, what are you doing? Who was his general, Abner? Abner could have said, wait a minute. This is a shepherd boy. You're giving the authority of an entire nation over to a shepherd boy? That's what he's doing. He's given the authority of a tire nation over to a shepherd boy. Now, go down. Let's look real quick. My time's up. Real quick, go down to verse, let me find it. Verse 45. Now, here's David's confession before Goliath. Goliath comes out. Goliath disdains him. The Goliath does all. Now, now he's, now he's speaking to his giant. Are you with me? Now he's speaking to his debt. Did you know the word Goliath means debt? Yeah, go study the word Goliath. It actually means a, a type of debt that puts you in slavery and bondage. Now he's speaking to his mountain. Now he's speaking to his giant. Listen, your mountain, your giant need to hear your voice. Let me say that again. Your mountain and your giant need to hear your voice. And let me just say something about removing. If you knew what was behind your mountain, you'd remove it. Your giant, what is your giant? What stands in front of you and mocks you? What stands in front of you and mocks the covenant of God in your life? What stands in front of you and wants to put you in fear and in bondage? Whatever it is, it's going to have to hear your voice. Now here's his confession before Goliath. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whose thou hast defiled. Now, I love this. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Goliath believed that? No. Do you think Saul believed that? No. Do you think any person in that army believed that? No. You think David's brothers believed that? No. Are you with me? Do you think anybody on the Philistine side, you think they were quaking in their boots? You think they believed it? Nobody believed it. But one person. But one person. That's all it takes. You and God are a majority. So God's looking for what? The Bible says, when I come, will I find what? Faith in the air. So he's looking for faith, looking for faith. He says, there's my boy. There's my boy. He keeps saying it. He keeps saying it. He keeps saying it. Now, he hadn't backed himself in a corner by what he said. What did he say? Today, I'm going to do it. Today, I'm going to do it. Today, I'm going to. What did the woman with the issue of blood say? She said, when I touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. See, if you walk with God and talk with God and hear from God in your spirit, faith will come out of your mouth sometimes and it'll set a standard. 
It'll set a time limit. I've seen gifts of the Spirit work before and say, oh, yeah, by, the, by this afternoon, you'll be here. By the, by, by the end of the day, by the end of the week, the symptoms will be gone. I, I would never tell anybody that. It would have to be how? By the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of God. But when you've heard from God and the Word of God is in your mouth and faith is in your are you ready for this? Some of you ain't going to like it, but, you know, you're going to have to get used to it. When you stand and make a declaration of true faith, that's not coming out of your head. It's coming out of your heart and out of your mouth. Your God will back you up 100% of the time. I remember holding Leah in my arms in a closet of, the, uh, of our friend's house where we were staying up in Lamarck after the storm had destroyed the church. And I held her and I said, God will give us a miracle. Remember that? I said, God will give us a miracle. We turned and walked away and God gave us a miracle. There's been other things we've done. We've gotten to agreement and we've said, God will do this. God will do this. And God has done it every time that our confession has lined up with the will of God and we've released our faith through that confession. God has showed up to back his word up that's in our heart and in our mouth. God was there with everything that David would have ever needed. He, prov he provided the sword. He provided the brook. He provided the skill. He provided everything. All David had to do was what? Go out and act on it. Just go out and act on it. Speak it. And we'll study acting in faith here in the next week or so. But it was his confession. You'll never act on anything you don't believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. But if you allow the word to come into your heart and to convince you of the reality of what the word says and you begin to speak it, your confession will bring you on a path till you do what? Till you act on that word. And God will back you up every time because he watches over his word to perform it. His word does not return void, but it does accomplish that word to it is sent and prospers in that which is sent to. He is the God. His heaven and earth can pass away, but his word never passes away. And if you release that word for healing, it's going to go to the place where you need to be healed. If you release that word for prosperity, it's going to go to that place where it's going to help you. All of those different areas in which you need the provision of God, that provision manifests by what you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. We all got saved the same way. Every one of us. We believed in our heart. We confessed with our mouth. With the heart, confession was made unto, unto salvation. Unto salvation. Well, it says in Colossians 1.9, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. So everything you get from God, you believe in your heart and confess unto. How many have had some manifestations of salvation in your life? Salvation. Things you quit doing, places you quit going, new desires. You can tell you're not the person you used to be. So if you've had some manifestations of salvation, what makes you think you can't get manifestations of healing, prosperity, deliverance, peace, righteousness, joy, the reality of who you are in Christ, a change in your marriage, a change in your business, a change in everything that concerns you? You've got to rise up and begin to speak to your mountain, speak to your giant, the Word of God. And the Bible says it's going to do what? It's going to move. It's going to get out of your way. The giant's going to fall. You're going to chop its head off. And you're going to keep on going in the things of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and thank God tonight. Father, we worship you this evening. 
Thank you for your word. Thank you for a boldness in the heart of every individual in this place tonight, Lord, to speak your word, to speak to the mountains, to speak to the giants, to speak to the disease, the sickness, the infirmity, the weakness, to speak to their bodies, to speak to the finances, to speak to their marriages, speak to their jobs, speak to the circumstances which deny them the covenant of God in their life. Father, thank you that you give us this ability. You've released unto us this reality and truth so that we can walk thereby. Hallelujah. Now remember this. You can go ahead and stand on your feet. Remember this. When Jesus revealed this in Mark chapter 11, Remember who Jesus was and is. When he said, have the God kind of faith, or operate in faith the way God does, he was saying, this is what he was saying. He was saying, now listen, humanity, this is how deity does it. Amen. Now you got to understand, church, you'll never, I'll never, will never obtain or attain to any position of deity. There are cults that believe that. There's religions that believe that. But we will remain humanity throughout eternity. Can I get an amen? But the good news is, we can be partakers of the divine nature. And the divine nature, he showed us. Let me show you how the divine, they said, how did that fig tree, how did it die from the, how did he said, let me share a little bit of insight into how the divine nature operates. That's exactly what he was doing. He wouldn't say, now this is a trick we do. Us gods do this stuff. You know, we hang around together. We speak to things. And, no, that's not what he said. He says, this is a deity trick, slide of hand. No, he said, listen, listen. Have the God kind of faith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things which they say shall come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they say. Whosoever can have whatsoever that they believe in their heart and speak that's why you have to make a decision you want to change your world change your physical health change your finances change your mental health change your marriage whatever it is change your words change your words what did we see in James last week it's the rudder the tongue is the rudder it's going to take you whatever direction you're going to go in life your tongue is going to take you in that direction hallelujah Father we bless your name this evening Lord as we leave we use our faith and our words to set a standard, to, to release faith toward protection and healing, to declare your word, thanking you, Lord, there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Rejoicing that you give angels charge over us, thanking you, Father, that whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, Lord, we are protected because you say it and because we say it. Thank you, Father, in the righteous labor of our hands, whether it be in the petrochemical plants or the educational field or the medical field, the construction site wherever it may be Lord thank you that we're not subject to the trauma the tragedy, the terror that's loosed on this earth right now but Father that we're kept safe sound and protected under your mighty wings of protection thank you that we abide in the fortress that we live in the refuge of your ability to protect and help us. Thank you Lord as we leave tonight there's a great door of utterance that we can go speak boldly the word of faith. Thank you, Lord. There's unloved people we can touch with your love. Unreached people we can reach with your gospel. People that are hurting that we can bring relief to by your anointing. 
So we thank you as we leave tonight, Lord. We walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. We'll see you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.